0: Welcome to LedgerCast, a podcast about cryptocurrency and the blockchain space. My name is Brian Krogsgaard, and I'm joined today by my regular co-host, Josh Olswich. He's been out a couple of weeks, so I'm excited to have him back. In this episode, we talk about a lot of the volatility that's gone on in the Bitcoin uh, pricing arena, especially. Um, and we also talk about some of the news that's happened, uh, the impetus for the dump, and what we think a recovery looks like. Uh, just while we recorded this episode, the price went up maybe $1,000, but we've seen lows down into the low 9000 range. And there's a lot of concern about uh, what's happening in the market. So we break that down. We go over the charts and everything in addition to the news. uh, It may be helpful for some people to follow along visually. We screencasted to this episode so that you can watch it on YouTube. Uh, There's a link to that in the show notes if it will uh, be helpful for you. But you'll also catch the majority of what we're discussing just through the audio hope you enjoy this podcast. If you do like it, you can rate us and uh, especially would appreciate if you give us a review in iTunes. That helps a lot for helping others find the show. And better yet, uh, just share this episode with your friends on Twitter, Facebook, wherever you do that sort of thing. We would greatly appreciate that as well. That's enough for me. I hope you enjoy the show. And here we go. Hello and welcome to another episode of LedgerCast. My name is Brian Krogsgaard and I'm here with my usual co-host again. Josh, I'm happy to have you back. Happy to be back, Brian.
1: Crazy times, my friend.
0: Yeah, you, uh, you conveniently peaced out for the dumpening. How'd that, how'd that work? It was my exit scam, guys, so I hate to break <laughs> <too>. <laughs> Uh So since we last talked, a lot's gone on in the Bitcoin market as uh, most listeners are going to know. So today, we thought it would be fun to do a market overview, which includes uh, news of the week, of course, but also um, we'll go over kind of what we're thinking related to Bitcoin. I know I'm pretty sad. My working pitchfork and like not really an ascending triangle, but I tried to force it into one, uh, got obliterated the past couple of days. So we're... Because of the beauty of technical analysis, now we just get to draw new things and act like that's the the, the new pattern. So um, that's that's what we're looking at. So let's get started with uh, the news. So what are what do we have on the agenda today?
1: Well, uh, so BitConnect folded. Finally, kind of surprised right. it took this long. <laughs> until like legislation legislative uh or whatever action uh, legal action i think it was texas was the place mm-hmm. where they they finally brought the hammer down very clearly a ponzi scheme the entire time um uh, very clearly not following most rules like giving out investment advice you know on youtube in ads and things like that um just a complete disaster So when people are telling, when people, like, multiple people tell you things, something's a Ponzi scheme who likely know better and aren't just, like, trying to get you to buy their bag, okay? Like, if you lost money in BitConnect, you have to realize, like, why you lost money in BitConnect, and that's a big part of it.
0: Yeah. and BitConnect, I really never looked much into it, Um, but it's basically a... Referral program, I guess. Do you never own the coins or do you have to refer people to get access to your coins? What was the deal with it? I knew it was a Ponzi based on the pyramid reversal system, but I don't even really know
1: exactly much about it either. I don't know like its use case other than like lending is what I saw anyway, but I I don't really know much about it.
0: Yeah. Well, there was a great uh, exit video. The Trevon James guy is kind of the the voice of BitConnect on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he talked about how it's all over. You win, whatever. Um, but I don't I don't know. I don't think they're giving up yet. But no, I'm really happy to see this. Apparently
1: there's a BitConnect X coming. <laughs> a fork, a Ponzi oh fork. Uh, so when the Ponzi's are back, that's when we know that we're in a bull market again. <laughs> yeah, the, when because the Ponzies fall apart. It's
0: a sign that uh, a correction is underway. That's how that's how Ponzi's end. So,
1: yeah, um, but seriously though, like people are so just uh, not stammering, but uh, pounding at the gate to get in the market. They'll do anything, including buy a mining contract from Kodak. You know, stupid stuff like that.
0: Oh, that was uh, a, a piece of news I forgot about.
1: that that surprised me a lot because kodak is a legitimate company and then to have them try to pull this mining uh contract scam like complete scam no doubt about it um it makes me wonder like who who made those decisions for them and what what were they thinking because that's yeah
0: what even happened with the way they uh structured that like i I saw that it was a mining contract and it was some kind of three-year thing, but I really didn't even understand how yeah. what they were doing. I just know their stock went crazy.
1: Well, it was like it looked like cloud mining type deal where it's like, give us X amount of money. You're guaranteed X amount of returns over X amount of time. That's basically what it, what it came down to. Yeah,
0: that's the that's the way a scam works. When you and yeah, I mean, their like stock,
1: that. like you said, exploded.
0: Yeah, I think it went up 3x in like an hour or something really dumb like that.
1: Uh, BitConnect still
0: trades 20 bucks right now. 21. It's down 90%. <laughs> uh,
1: I'm sure whoever you buy it. Can you, buy, that, can you yeah, buy it on Polo or whatever though? No, nah, I, I don't know. Was it ever on Polo? Or Bitrex or Binance. I don't even know where it's traded to be honest. It's on HitBTC and Exchange still. Okay.
0: And even 24 hour volume is like, uh, per exchange, 10 million, 6 million, 7 million. So I have no idea why, but there are people out there buying and selling. It's buy down the dip,
1: man. Buy the F dip.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's down less now than it was yesterday. So somebody's somebody's buying the dip. This is even worse than buying like the Segwit two X fork, which I think you can still trade on uh, on uh, Bitfinex. So Speaking yeah.
1: Speaking of scams, whatever happened to that? were not they going to release? I thought there was a team releasing like a two X fork.
0: Uh, I think late, they did. Late. Maybe they delayed the time frame. I don't know. Okay. It's another scam. I think that whoever picked it up, uh, Jeff Garzik said that he had nothing to do with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, All that. So, you know, just total scam. Um, you mentioned... Well, what,
1: there's other forks, too, that I missed. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was just going
0: to tie a bow on BitConnect. You mentioned that you're, you're surprised it took this long. I'm actually glad uh, because it took a couple of months or so during kind of Bitcoin's rise and some of these bigger altcoins rise. But BitConnect was like on the top 10 market cap for a little while. So it kind of getting pushed down the page a little bit and market cap before it fell apart, I felt like kind of helped protect the overall ecosystem. Like if it was uh, still in the top 10 or something, I think that could have been more dangerous if exploded if it exploded then versus being whatever it was before it, before they made this announcement, like twenty fifth or something, on the crypto market cap page, um,
1: so I'm kind of glad it it waited a little bit. Well, I think the whole like Bitcoin Cash ticker confusion actually fueled Bitconnect a lot because mm. people were buying the wrong thing and not knowing any better. Um, at least where it was tradable, which admittedly wasn't very many places. But I know when the the Bitconnect thing got announced, or the Bitcoin Cash thing got announced, uh, I'm pretty sure Bitconnect. Jumped really hard that day. Uh, Maybe it was a coincidence. I don't know. But I think it was uh, people not knowing what the ticker was. You know, it wasn't still not straightforward. If it's BCC or BCH, it's mainly BCH, but uh, Bittrex still uses BCC, which is BitConnect. That's the first time I actually heard about BitConnect was when uh, they were deciding on the tickers for Bitcoin Cash. And Bittrex went with BCC and BCC already existed for BitConnect. (laughs) So, yeah. Interesting.
0: Uh so a couple more Bitcoin fork scams that are out there. Uh one is Bitcoin or United Bitcoin, which that's where uh now Jeff Garzik has channeled his energy is on oh, right. United, oh, yeah. United Bitcoin. And I think uh that one is being airdropped to Bitcoin holders and also select other coins like uh Qtum or Quantum, whatever it, the uh, Q T U M coin, and I held that. I felt dirty holding that. I got rid of it uh, once it kind of broke down from whatever I was looking at. Um, but the United, I think that had like a eight to one airdrop uh, that helped cause the Q T U M run, and then the even newer one. Anyway, oh, uh, United Bitcoin. I think they are also kind of hiding the date. All of these are conveniently kind of hiding the date <laughs> in order to pump their other coins. Um, United Bitcoin's supposed to be sometime late January, I think, for that airdrop or whatever. And then the, the latest one has been the Z Classic Bitcoin private fork, hmm. which uh, is pretty scammy to me. <laughs> I could be, maybe I'm wrong, but to me it seems like somebody I can't remember the guy's name Rhett um, probably accumulated a lot of Z Classic down here in the the cheap range and then they made the announcement that Z Classic would be getting um, Bitcoin private coins and I think it went like 15,000% up or something ridiculous so that's uh, just another one I've yet to see any reasoning why this needs to be called Bitcoin anything at all um, I know the same guy that is the main developer is a, a big Bitcoin cash person, but this to me feels like some kind of big cash grab just like all the other ones. Um, although there does seem to be some uh development around it. The whole take the Bitcoin name thing, that aspect of it seems unnecessary to me versus just why can't it still be Z Classic, which was his project in the first place. So I've seen no explanation for why that's not the case, other than they wanted to pump the coin. Have you heard of, of Bitcoin?
1: This one? I, I have. Uh, Bitcoin God, as well, from Chandler <laughs> Guo, or Guao, however you say that. I have no um, idea what that one is. I haven't even heard yeah, of it. I, I don't know anything about it either, but um, I mean, yeah, when scams are at their peak, isn't that like when the market's the hottest, right? Again, it's yeah, like I- the BitConnect thing. So when the forks are, forks are popping... That's when we know the market's back, baby.
0: <laughs> or maybe in this case, uh the top was in a little bit.
1: Yeah, they're probably you know a lagging indicator, perhaps. Yeah, just they the, were, the uh, amount. So there was what six in December, at least, uh, maybe eight or more. I, I, I don't. I can't remember like super Bitcoin. There's just so many. Yeah, something like that.
0: Um Other news going on right now. We. I think we've kind of debunked this one, but the South Korea news of, uh, clamping down potentially on exchanges and other stuff, basically potential regulation in South Korea. I listened to a really good podcast. Um, I was actually their first guest, which was cool. The, uh, coin talk show, (laughs) self plug, shameless self plug. Uh, I think I was a backup guest, but that's okay. Um, but Jay Kang and Alan uh, Limmer, I think it's Aaron Limmer, sorry, they came out with a show. And their second guest was a lawyer that is a, a lawyer in South Korea. And he's kind of following crypto both on the American and South Korean side. And I thought that interview was insightful because it talked about what he thought the true risks in South Korea were for legislation and whatnot. So he was saying that basically what they have over there is different departments are kind of saying competing things. And that's where some of this news is coming from. And it sounded like he does think there's uh definite potential for regulations and clamping down or maybe even to the extent of uh closing down exchanges at some point in the year, but that overall there's like no there's no ban per se or anything like that so south korea kind of helped start this dump that's happened over the last few days though so that was the impetus for it did you catch any of that
1: yeah no it definitely did uh create you know like i said the brave new coin article like technicals look toppy-ish anyway and all it needed was Some events, and then we got like three or four events where it's like South Korea twice, and then China again for who knows why, because they haven't already banned it enough already. Um and it's funny how Reuters was reporting on the South Korea thing, so eager to create that FUD. Um whoever's works there very clearly is not in the side of Bitcoin, just based on the lack of factual reporting coming out of them. Yeah, On multiple multiple occasions, too, for the South Korea thing, I saw two articles that were debunked very quickly by... His name is Joseph Young, I think, on Twitter. He's like a South Korean... He's a journalist somewhere, but he's a South Korean. um, So he knows, like your lawyer example, he's a guy who's on the ground there. And yeah, it was just uh, departments not agreeing on what they're doing. Mainly what I heard is that the exchanges that aren't following the kyc aml rules are being shut down regardless mm-hmm. and i think that's that's good anyway so whatever yeah. i mean and then the, the china thing is, i don't even know what they have, what left they to have? Ban <laughs> yeah. other than um local bitcoins which was on the chopping block immediately after they banned the stuff last january because that was like the last bastion of anything trading wise in china um, so maybe that's what they're doing. I don't, I don't know. I didn't really read into it much cause I didn't really think it mattered at all. So,
0: yeah. And that's another, uh, issue that the guy that was on coin talk, what he said, uh, could be influencing some of the, uh, Korean fervor is just that a lot of that is Chinese money. So the KYC, Nathan Park is his name. So the KYC rules that they're trying to enforce in part is just to prevent uh essentially washing Chinese money through Korean exchanges. Mm, that um, makes sense. So there's definitely some definitely some potential pending influence that could come out of uh regulation stuff out of Korea. So it's something something to watch. Probably not yeah, done with our South Korea FUD in twenty eighteen.
1: And their premiums are still high. I don't know if they are now, but they were like earlier this week, they were like four thousand bucks above spot in the USD. Somehow, like they were at seventeen k still, and we were sitting at fourteen, thirteen k. Really yeah, know I that think was it's. Spot. I think they just still, have a constant premium.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it's still pretty high. So. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, if that ever kind of corrects down, uh, I don't think it's on coin market cap anymore. This was also what helped spur. No, that's uh, true. The the move down is all of a sudden there was a large. Uh, shift in price down because the Korean exchanges uh, just got <laughs> removed from CoinMarketCap. And I guess enough APIs operate off CoinMarketCap to where it suddenly looked like the price of Bitcoin had dumped a lot. Um, so thanks, CoinMarketCap.
1: I mean, I agree with that decision everywhere. I think any place that has zero fee exchanges listed should remove it or give it an option to you know an exclusion inclusion criteria or something just because it always is going to inflate volume prices. It's going to exaggerate everything um, just like, uh, the, uh, you know, the futures markets on an okay coin or OKX are exaggerating things. Uh, even though they're not zero fee, uh, it just, it always exaggerates stuff. It's so it is what it is, but I, I don't really think they did made a terrible decision of removing it and or the process of removing it by not telling anybody initially. Um, I think it's funny that, like you said, all these APIs operate off this. And, or there are a bunch of people who watch CoinMarketCap still that are, that got freaked out and are like, eh, but uh, they, they got a pretty good exit if they sold up there. So.
0: Yeah, well, that's true. Um, and then let's see. Yeah, the PBOC you mentioned. The last thing I saw, this was something that I uh, found on Twitter and it made its way around pretty quick, but the, c n b c ran this hilarious article yesterday, and I just want to read it for the the sake of the fun. Um, have you seen what I'm talking about? yeah, the tether thing yeah, so they said just one major cryptocurrency is gaining amid a market wide sell off <laughs> tether tethers up three percent over the last twenty four hours, and they wrote yeah. this completely seriously, like it was perfectly serious article and uh, it just seems like it's straight out of the onion for crypto, but that's just CNBC, I guess. Um, but yeah, they didn't, I lo-
1: uh, they didn't know any better, obviously. Yeah. I <laughs> like that. It. They sh- that's an excuse, but it's just, fun. <laughs> I didn't even read it because I knew what the article was and how junk it was, but uh, maybe I should go back and read it. Just yeah. Cause it's funny. I
0: just think it's got that tone of seriousness, like the onion puts in their pieces, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yet, so clearly a a joke. Uh, it was amazing. So
1: that's kind of the final news. Uh, there's some pol. There's some Polonia stuff going on right now. That's I don't think I think the exchange is fine. I just think they were some issues with their uh, engine or something. Yeah, there, this just has been
0: going on today, which was uh, seems like something. <laughs> uh oh, we got we got the bulls on twitter right now calling for that inverse head and shoulders on bitcoin um yeah so there was uh news today about polo having a larger sell order than coins in existence or something for zcash and maybe litecoin so i don't know seems like it's seems like it's okay but uh exchange drama if it was real would definitely be impetus for a further drop and this can lead us into a kind of technical analysis overview Uh, we can talk about the state of the bitcoin market right now Um, yeah
1: well first let's say this when when people were asking me last week which i either ignore or block you if you ask me this because it's just beyond annoying and you shouldn't be approaching it this way anyway by asking somebody else um, you know what is xcoin gonna do for blah 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 when Bitcoin pulls back or whatever, give me a target, something like that. Um, you have to realize, like many people other than us have talked about, like when Bitcoin gets the flu, everybody gets Ebola, or you know, when Bitcoin pulls back, everything else is going to pull back much harder. Typically, not always the case. You know, should South Korea or China come out and say, "Binance Coin is the only coin we will accept in our country," you know, you can expect everything else to pull back except Binance Coin. But in every other case in my opinion you're always going to see the uh bitcoin pullback shadow whatever the other bit pullbacks for alts are going to be um i saw eth hit 753 or something on index which is gross wow no i didn't see that <laughs> yeah that's a yeah. 500
0: dollars drawdown from where its highs were yeah what was that uh,
1: 14 i think it hit the high hit hit 1400 1400? like 1398 Oof. or something Yeah,
0: well, as somebody that's been heavily in alts uh, for a long time, but doing extremely well since uh, early December, uh, I was actually anticipating an alts drawdown anyway because Mm -hmm. they had probably overextended themselves a little bit. Um, I was not wanting Bitcoin to fall out of the uh, diagonals that I was watching. I was watching this pitchfork and this... Year end consolidation triangle that I really wanted to be true that ended up now not being true, which people that are streaming this on YouTube can see. <laughs> uh, and a lot of people were also pointing at this bullpen it uh, or what it may be bullpen it, whatever totally fell mm-hmm. out of that. Also mm-hmm. coincided with falling below the 50. Um, and in my block folio, at least, uh, Bitcoin was down whatever 25% um on some a couple of these dailies and then alts were down another anywhere between i saw from down 5% all the way down to like down 30% relative to bitcoin so we saw some alts lose 50% probably of their us dollar value so uh my rule of thumb has been bitcoin velocity creates uh a negative situation a bad situation for altcoins um and the past couple of days, we've certainly seen a lot of velocity out of Bitcoin. Um, that said, when Bitcoin has shown strength, it, altcoins have you know, strength. When it's bounced a little bit, uh, altcoins have responded well to that. So it's hard, it's impossible for us to get back to your original point. It's impossible for us to tell somebody, like, oh, well, as soon as Bitcoin bounces back up, your altcoins will. Come back and, you know, soar again, I think.
1: Right. And th- that's the problem <laughs> with the, the people who are asking me. It's like you're either over leveraged or you're in way too deep and you're you don't have a trading plan. And you're worried about whatever, XYZ. I understand you ask me because you think I know something, but <laughs> uh just relax and don't worry about it. If you're not you know, if you're trading too much, then you should if you're over trading or your trading uh size is beyond you know, if you're trading your rent money, stuff like that, take a look in the mirror and ask yourself if yes. that's a good idea. Um, because this times like this, uh this happens once a quarter, you know, the thirty, fifty percent pullbacks on everything. Typically. Uh so it's not a surprise. I'm not surprised. I don't think most people are surprised. Um when it, when I woke up below uh ten K this morning, slash afternoon, uh I was a bit surprised. But uh we're bouncing here, so I'm not concerned at all for this level where we're at now. And that uh, Pit, uh, Penet, or whatever you have up there also coincided with uh, edge-to-edge trade in the cloud. Mm-hmm. And we've seen Which, this before in August 2016 when uh, Bitfinex got uh, hacked, you know? So it's like, this stuff happens over and over again. So don't be yeah. too concerned.
0: You mentioned the edge-to-edge trade in the in the daily cloud. It did that in about... Two hours, <laughs> uh,
1: but it was a good entry, and yeah. the, you it's know, it's crazy also- how these high. Sorry, it's crazy how these high time frame edge edge trades happen so quickly sometimes, um, because I saw it when I was about twenty percent in the cloud, and I was like, okay, that's I've seen enough, um, yeah. and that's when I got out of whatever else I was waiting on to make a decision on. Um, but yeah, it's crazy how quick that happens. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, and depending on the exchange you were looking at, there you could have seen a TK bearish cross on the doubled cloud uh the day before all of that or around that time period it really depends on the exchange Mm -hmm. um and then the close yesterday was out of the cloud on a lot of exchanges but not every exchange um i think coinbase and bitstamp the close actually fought its way back up to the bottom of the cloud and also that was the 100 day moving average um but of course, that didn't really matter, and we've spent most of the today kind of between the 100-day and 200-day moving average. If we haven't quite touched the 200-day moving average. That would be close to 8,500 on most exchanges. Um, I feel like too many people want <laughs> to buy under 9,000. That I'm not sure that we'll sustain under 9,000 very well. So maybe we've seen bottom.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, if you if you didn't buy it. 19k or 17k or 14k or 13k you know what are you waiting for at this point <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm not saying you should have bought up there i'm just saying like all these people saying i don't want to buy here i want to wait for a pullback like well this is not what it looks like you know
0: right at this point you've you've got your pullback so the question is uh you know how long will it stay there and historically back at least over the last year it looks like maybe we t- actually touched the 200 once. I'm looking at bitstamp now, but it doesn't really matter. Um in 2016, I think it hit it a few times, but yeah, for the most part effect. uh yeah, for the most part, if you hit um if you hit the 200 or in, get anywhere close to the 200, it's a pretty ripe buy opportunity. So um you would think that People looking at this today, it's worth the risk and reward to buy close to the two hundred, even if you don't capture the two hundred exactly. Right.
1: Uh, and this is not investment advice.
0: None of this is investment advice. I, I put that Trading in the show notes, but we okay, should probably good. say that. Yeah, we should <laughs> more often.
1: <laughs> yeah, all this is just um, based on TA that we're talking about. Like, it's I don't care about Bitcoin. I don't care about Lightning that's coming. I don't care about Rootstock. I don't care about, uh, you know, banks taking it. I don't care about whatever else is going on. This is only technical analysis saying that this is a good buy here based on math, based on mean reversion, basically.
0: Yeah, I saw another thing. Um, Someone on Twitter, can't remember who it was, they were telling me about the time length of uh, previous corrections versus Mm -hmm. the length of the run prior. and. I guess historically, there's kind of a three to one ratio there. So if you went up for a month, it might pull back for a week. And in this case, we went up for like three months. So therefore, we've spent about a month on the pullback. And I thought that was a really interesting correlation as well. Uh, To also hint that the pullback is probably near completion. Another fun theory that I've uh, seen thrown around a good bit. I posted about it myself, but I was not original on this is in regards to people playing uh, futures in both directions. So the working theory was that uh, people with access to the market bought up Bitcoin in the fall, helped run it to the top, and then uh, once futures opened, opened some shorts, and then have been shorting it down, and the futures contracts for CBOE are ending today. Uh, Today is Wednesday for people listening to this later, January 17th. And then uh, CME contracts, I think, end next week, right? Um, Not sure. I I think so. So (laughs) I think they end next week. So the the theory that uh, some people have is that people are trying to dump the, I guess, enough Bitcoin that they've held long to push the price down and create a cascading effect and be prepared to go long on futures (laughs) tomorrow. you know, today, tomorrow, next week, whatever. Uh, it's a, That's a lot of convolution. I don't know if futures have the volume to really support that theory, but I like it as a theory. Um, and being able to buy close to the 200 daily moving average uh, is probably a pretty safe play for people looking at futures. So
1: just another theory. Yeah, I mean, it's I saw that a lot too. I think it's silly to say like it was one thing, it was CME being in the market. Everyone's naked shorting, stuff like that. Like, I don't care about any of that because the TA said, like, read the article on Brave New Coin that I posted. The TA was all there regardless of dates. Um, and yes, there's definitely cyclical things.
0: Yeah, so you uh, wrote a post on January 15th with the title, The Current Bullish Pinnant, <laughs> 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 in which you were quite bearish. Um, yeah, I, had, yeah. I had a couple of people message me. So since you were... uh doing other things you were on twitter last the last couple of weeks um i had people messaging me as if i had like brain osmosis towards your thinking and they're like is josh bearish here (laughs) and i was like well (laughs) sure sounded like it what do you think read the article um and you kind of posted some of these uh some of these things that were hinting towards Correction and mean reversion being the biggest one, also a pitchfork that that you put in there as uh as hinting towards this, and then the the pending edge to edge with the tK cross you put that in there the distance from the two hundred historic historical moves to that two hundred or I'm sorry, this is the eight fifty Tell us about the eight fifty Josh
1: yeah, so the eight fifty is literally a random curve fitted EMA that hit all other four of those drops pretty evenly exactly on the four hour yeah so it's the 141 on the daily you just if it's uh anything on the four hours divided by six for the daily so 850 divided by six is 141 for the daily but um yeah that's the only reason i didn't see that anywhere read about it i just uh saw that the 850 hit all those points pretty exactly um so you were just playing with moving
0: averages and found that yeah point. i was
1: just playing around well i've officially
0: i've officially changed my 100 day moving average into a 141 i mean that it, may
1: change depending on you know the next no, trend no no the no next no 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 d- <laughs> no you're stuck <laughs> well i'm just saying like you know the trend trends not all trends are the same but for this one the 141 seemed to be the uh you can just call it the 140 i feel like saying 141 is silly but uh The 141 uh, seemed to react really well as a support. And it's there so far. The other part of that was that anytime we get a 4-hour 5200 cross, it hit the 141. And what happened this time, or it hit the 850 in that case. Uh, And what happened this time, we got the cross, it hit the 850. So, again, nothing like crazy here out of the ordinary. The other part about the cycles thing was... uh, just based on, my, I don't know, quarterly cycles. Uh, this was going to be a down quarter anyway. Yeah, it <laughs> historically has been slower, I guess, in the in the winter. Yeah, and that and like the past four Januaries have been bearish, double digits. I think the past four, maybe not, maybe three of the last four were double digit down. Um, we got more China announcements in January. Like I, I don't know, there's just lots of stuff that. Um, lined up you know aligned correctly to say that the all this was coming if someone believes
0: if someone believes in the 5200 cross which i i like it on lower time frames more than daily um personally the only reason i say that is because on daily i feel like crypto moves really fast so you could be Mm -hmm. pretty pretty well below like Closer to the bottom than yeah. the time to close your short by the time it actually crosses. But on the four hour, uh, the four hour fifty two hundred bearish cross and then subsequent retests that failed on the fifty would have been would have gotten you out if you got out then at like fourteen one fifty on Coinbase, which would have been a really mm-hmm. nice uh, exit, mm-hmm. temporary exit, because then that's almost directly into the big dump down into the 850 on the four hour that you talked about, which that plays really nicely. I'm going to have to check, remember that for next time.
1: <laughs> um, it's funny looking at that, like on log, it doesn't look too bad. It was dumped Like it's, it's down 50% from the highs. Sure. But like, it doesn't look that bad on log on <laughs> yeah. you go on linear. If you zoom out and go on linear, it looks real bad. Um, it looks like, you know, Lehman Brothers or something.
0: Yeah, it's pretty ugly. The, the current chart is pretty ugly on uh, pretty much any time frame out of log. Um,
1: and back to the daily cloud again. So for me, anytime I'm, people are asking me, like, which settings do I use and why? Like, for me, for what I'm looking at and the time frames I'm looking at and when I'm looking at charts, uh, this was exactly showing me the right information I needed to know when I needed it. Uh, it showed me that the price was dipping into the cloud. That was immediately followed by the massive dump. So, uh, how do you handle that when it's not a daily close? When I when I see that there's other consolidation going on and it's been doing stuff for a while, like you said, it broke that triangle. Uh, that was convincing enough for me. I don't know. I see. You just have to. You have to. Um, have some finesse, I guess, or just instinct to know, mm-hmm. like when when not to use a daily close as gospel. Um, and really, done it, not-
0: it wicked down into the daily cloud three times before the move, the daily move through the cloud. Yeah, so you- like
1: it got held up even by the tenkin in the cloud. Um, so I'm waiting, waiting, waiting until the very last uh, second because it could have gone up from there. It looked it looked like it could have gone up. Uh, just like it did before, Bifinex got hacked. It, it was it reminded me so much of that. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's some other news that we're we don't know about yet that comes out. Even just with all this, um, maybe it is just the CME stuff, the institutional people pu- pushing this around. Um, but it looks very much like a, a black swan type event thing going on. Yeah, people are uh,
0: people are. Getting more bullish by the hour right now. I'm not sure that I would say we're out of the woods. Um, but we're nearing eleven K at the time of recording on a bounce back where on the daily yesterday, uh Binance went all the way down to ninety thirty five, which was funny. So the new money panicked quicker than anybody. Uh yeah, just expected. <laughs> a, yeah. That's a nine hundred dollar difference from Coinbase's low even. Um but then today we reached a lower low of uh, ninety eighty five on Coinbase. Um, so it's it's possible, you know, like if I was to put this on Heiken Ashi or something, like uh, it would definitely not show like an end to the trend, the downward trend yet. So you're you're still catching knives if you're buying right now. But there is a pretty nice uh, a pretty nice wick, uh, really on both of these. Both of these dailies, but yeah, like when you go into when you go into high canashi, it's it's interesting. <laughs> it's it. There's no definite sign of it being done. I guess is the point. Um, yeah, no,
1: you're not going to see any strong reversal signs on higher time frames here. You're going to see things like inverted head and shoulders or cup and uh, sorry, uh, Adam Eve stuff like that on low time frames. You're going to see divs building, which is basically showing that momentum is petering out here so uh, which isn't let's, surprising
0: let's assume that you are out of the market uh with the majority of your your bitcoin yeah. at 1400 or 14,000 whenever you were talking about uh kind of seeing those signs let's say you someone got out of the market and now they're looking to get back in or they have fiat and they're trying to buy in for the first time um catching 9000 9100 9500 like you have to be on your game and buying knives a little bit to have done so um but now there are some signs to me that say like okay the market is looking good for partial entry here there whatever what kind of stuff are you looking at in terms of getting scaling back in like are you would you already scale in based on what you've seen or would you be like all the way in or like what what are the various signs you're looking for to to re-enter confidently
1: so the first thing i was looking at is divs and uh, which time frame i can find them so like i was posting on twitter about there was a 30 minute div now there's a two hour div so you see these divs building there's probably even going to be a high time frame hidden bull div so we're gonna get a like a lower low higher low on more vol- more momentum or something um yeah so all that's a giant div right there but so that's the first thing i look for just to say you know i'm not crazy here momentum is slowing uh you can turn on volume too you'll see volume uh decreasing usually um, sometimes you see a giant volume spike with a ke- reversal candle, kind of like the best case scenario, the most obvious thing, um, just because then you realize that uh, the emotional stuff is gone. People who are going to sell, have capitulated and uh, are are done. You know, the selling is over. The people who were thinking about selling and actually did sell, you know, they've sold. Uh, yeah. We haven't really seen that yet. But we are Uh, seeing this is pretty brutal.
0: This is pretty brutal on these thirty minutes. Like the big sell volume was under ten k, and then immediately followed by huge buy volume. (laughs) Uh, Just makes me sad for whoever sells Bitcoin for under ten thousand right now.
1: Yeah, I mean that's people. Like I said, people emotionally uh, not sure what to do, which is is a lot of people. Uh, But yeah, no, I was buying all the way down. So um, I bought a lot below. I think ten one was like my big entry, but um yeah. So we run out
0: of our bull div uh, definitely on the four hour. I'm not sure if it's on the three hour.
1: uh Not really. No, not really. So the the two hour
0: two hours kind of the maximum time frame where we're showing a bull div still.
1: Yeah. So it looks so it's good. it's bouncing nicely on that, but doesn't mean it can't can't retest keep going. Yeah yeah i mean that uh, that candle over candle buying selling is ugly too on the two hour there hmm you don't see you don't see that too often for me when I see that that's usually algo driven so I don't really know what that's about um just people buying it's like uh, accumulation distribution type stuff so uh the stupid money's selling the smart money's buying that's what I see <laughs> but, but maybe that's just my bias um
0: yeah. How so I look at this sometimes. I shared this on Twitter as well. Like for me I'd be looking at the 30 minute and the 1 hour um mm-hmm. when can it jump over the tinken? So just like when it's in a bull market, when it's in a downtrend, um it's going to ride that tinken and have resistance on the bottom side. Uh so we've seen as of recording the 30 minute and the 1 hour are pushing above the tinken, but they're not uh, 30 minute even has tackled the Keesha now. So like, to me, those are signs of like, okay, we can think about easing back in. Of course I can completely retest and fall back below. Um, but since this fell out of that triangle, 14,000, we've gone $4,000 completely below the Tinkins. So to me, that's another sign of like safer entry. Uh, not, not too crazy with that kind of, uh, with that
1: kind of entry to
0: start scaling in but
1: yeah because even there like retrospectively looking at it there's that 30 minute candle the 1200 was a giant shooting star which uh preceded all this downward selling further um yeah so essentially
0: the, when you say the shooting star this is a low time frame candle 30 minutes is what we've what we're looking at here and uh huge wick up so whoever bought it up uh there were plenty of sellers to knock that back down, basically,
1: and not yeah. only is it a shooting star, but there's also a key June bounce to the bearish slide there so yeah uh, we're not seeing that now now we're seeing like you said, buying above the key June, buying to the key June, uh on that time frame, and no, then on the hourly no real wick on that either no nah, yeah, no real wick, um not yet anyway, and on the hourly, there's a nice spinning top at the bottom of that, which is a equal wicked candle basically
0: and that's basically the tip of the uh of the divergence as well so yeah that's yeah. that's pretty nice that would have been a nice one to buy <laughs> and it was a third third touch basically uh
1: yeah it was so you'll see stuff like that a lot of time frames on high time frames and like on the daily you're gonna see a giant wick like a two thousand dollar wick at least when, when we get an actual reversal i mean just look at the bitfinex wick from august 2016 that was, uh, what percentage that was, I don't even know. That was a giant reversal. I mean, look at that wick we had just the other day on the 19th. That wick was massive. That might have been the biggest wick we ever had, percentage-wise.
0: Yeah, the the 22nd, I think.
1: 22nd, yeah. Yeah,
0: so on that one, it was. It looked like, that looked like it could have been the end. And what that was, was a test of the daily keychain and... And and then some. Um, and it got bought mm-hmm. up super quick. I actually thought, thinking back to when that was, I thought that might have been the end of the of the dip, which would have been very impressive. Um, but we weren't we weren't quite done yet. Had a few days of recovery, a lot of sideways, a lot of opportunity for alts to run for people yeah. that were looking at it in that in that sense. Um overall too, we have uh, RSI on a daily time frame way down 35 so giving it and that doesn't happen a lot in bitcoin Bitcoin's lives way up above uh on the rsi so a, a, a kind of a natural cooling down period is what this looks like in the sense of uh how we might look at this several months from now as it was needed and helpful and necessary and the fundamental stuff basically just helped come to this Right. So like didn't really necessarily matter what the fundamental news was, um, but we got some to help spur the correction. Right. What, what about in the broader sense? Like, let's say we're not done. OK, like we don't we don't know the future. Maybe by the time we publish this podcast, uh, we will have hit 8K. <laughs> you know, we have another big something or whatever that uh, causes another spike down. What, mm-hmm. what makes you start thinking in a bearish sense uh, long term? So, like, we have, you know, there's the parabola that people love to point
1: at. Oh, um, yeah, that's Dunsky. Yeah. At what and point? In my is opinion. The, <laughs> <laughs> what's that? In my opinion, the, the parabola is over, which uh, is fine with me. It doesn't need to keep speeding up. Uh, it, can, it can chill out for a little while.
0: Oh, you're saying um, the parabola is already broken?
1: Yeah, I think so on this candle. Um I look at the big thing is the two hundred on the daily, that's like that. If we break below that and hold there then uh then you can say the bull trend is over until that happens. Uh, everything is bullish. The other thing so you, you look at is cloud, so go ahead sorry
0: i I want to get back to the parabola that's fascinating oh, okay. to me okay <laughs> I, know, I know people I know people that think when the parabola is done, like when the parabola is broken. The uh-huh. the market's in for a hard
1: time for a long time. You well, don't. Mean, it's seem, possible, but uh, I, I just don't see the parabola holding up here. And maybe, it should be it should be
0: noted. You can kind of draw a parabola however you want. Yeah, you uh, can. <laughs> uh, these it's just a curved line, but we're on a a log scale. The one that I've drawn historically. Uh, I kind of pin to the to the lows that of crashing from the twenty whatever thirteen zone uh when I do that when i when I pin it to the lows, to me it doesn't seem quite done, but it came close like to me the parabola can hold up really all the way down to maybe 8,000. But it's either way that 200 is basically along the parabola line, from what I can tell. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong on that, but uh, that's what it seems like to me. Um, but is are you generally of the opinion that the parabola can break and Bitcoin can remain bullish because that's
1: somewhat? I am personally, I was never a par- parabola par- parabola person anyway. Okay. Um. So I'm more of an EMA. Because, again, like you said, you can draw it however you want to draw it. So maybe there are rules that I just don't know about. But uh, the uh, EMA is the biggest thing, the 200 The next thing is the price below cloud um, and holding there. If price does go to 8 k it's going to have to bounce to the Kijun eventually. Even if you look at uh, the stuff post-Gox, we bounce back to the Kijun. So if you're worried about getting it out, that's when uh, you'd be looking to get out.
0: On the rejection bounce from the other side
1: right let's uh zoom to the weekly because yeah and that's the other thing the weekly's right on the key tune here like exactly on the key tune, the bounce so yeah well i remember watching
0: well, it and thinking oh this is not <laughs> this is below the keyjun now <laughs> and it was a little a little terrifying for a moment
1: um, yeah when we i agree when we uh hover anywhere near that i get nervous for sure and yeah, this is also. A high uh, time frame I level. was looking at
0: BLX. If you look at uh, today, it still looks pretty nasty. Yeah, it does. Because
1: um, we haven't closed below that since the whole run. Yeah. I don't think.
0: Yeah. So if yeah. we got if we got a weekly close below the keygen, that's worth being worried, right?
1: For me, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, then we squirrel around in that white space between the keygen and the cloud, and that. Uh,
0: and it's a very thin cloud
1: that's that the cloud shape is whatever at this point, but um, sure. The, the point uh, is just, it's down at 3000, <laughs> right? The distance, the distance to the cloud is uh, something I don't like seeing. Right.
0: Um, so oh, back to the parabola moving averages and weekly cloud. Sure, yeah. I think that's worth talking about. And uh, PizPi, who was my guest co-host while you were gone, um, or Nick. So he, He kind of seemed to be the opinion that Bitcoin will just sort of stabilize, like there won't be some big epic crash of 85, 90 percent like there was in uh, 2014. What you're saying actually kind of makes me think that uh, you believe similarly. So like if the trend slowed, it would actually give the cloud more time to thicken up, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. And for the cloud to catch up to the price and for the Tinkin, Kesian cloud to all kind of get a little closer and create more of a, uh, I guess, established trend line that's not so parabolic. So the parabola breaks, but the, uh, the cloud support gets thicker. The trend is a little more stable in that sense. Is that something that you think is possible?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, moving averages catch up with themselves. Things like that. Uh but that doesn't mean it can't go to five K or whatever. Uh, it's it's basically at support here. I've found several different metrics. Um uh, it could go a little lower based, based on the two hundred. Um yeah, reason- I mean, I'm not I'm not concerned. Even though it goes down to five K, I'm not concerned. Um
0: Yeah, well that's because you didn't buy it nineteen. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean <laughs> the new money in the world would probably be concerned yeah
1: i mean we t- we have to wash out a bunch of people to mm-hmm. uh to make this over with uh i like the rsi at 50 there
0: Mm-hmm.
1: on uh, the weekly be- yeah on the weekly because we've bounced from the 50 on the rsi pretty consistently and that horizontal although there's um, a
0: huge we, bear div on the weekly technically
1: uh from from what
0: from back here kind of hey
1: <laughs> <laughs> i'm not I, I don't see it maybe you have to draw it out but i just i don't see it sure <clears throat> um maybe we got higher highs in rsi we got higher highs in price um uh, like if we get a hidden bold on the weekly that would be awesome because then we, we would get is a uh higher low in price and a lower rsi so it, it's trying to get there now i don't know what rsi is can you um scale up the rsi there on this on the right side yeah there you go yeah yeah i mean it looks like it's right there at that point where uh i don't know like i said it's at support it's at 50 it wants it to bounce we'll see what happens i don't think the trend's in any threat at the moment cool uh, that's good to know.
0: I, uh, the kind of the reason I, I dig into that a little bit is because I wonder, there seems to be a divide between like true believers and investors just looking to ride this until the bubble bounces and then they peace out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Which is fine. It's just like, that's fine. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> uh, you can trade however you want to trade it, you know? Sure. I just,
0: I, it. I wonder if it means there's an alternative where things just settle down, um, Mm -hmm. and we don't have the direct correlation to a tech bubble or, you know, like some any any other thing really that you want to pass bubble that you want to compare it to. And to me, that would be the best case scenario, like a stabilized price in Bitcoin. I would prefer. Um, So if there's a if there's a good case for that, then that would be that would be exciting to me because I would prefer not to have to stress out about a mega top and big bubble that bursts and all that stuff that comes along with it.
1: Yeah. I mean, we pulled back farther than the 50% at this point. Um, it based it based off the recent time frames. So how much more do you want? You know? <laughs> sure. I mean, it could, it could keep going. That's fine, but I'm not shorting here. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, Let's wrap things up with
0: uh, what we expect in 2018 from a fundamentals perspective. Uh, Sounds like both of us are relatively bullish on, if not a reversal exactly here, a reversal somewhere within this 8 to 10K range. Um, But things to expect in early 2018. One that's already happened was the launch of Rootstock. People are curious about that. Nick talked about it a good bit in the episode we did a couple of weeks ago which enables smart contracts with Bitcoin. So that was pretty cool. Uh, not sure if that's ha- what impact that'll have on the smart contracts market, but you know, brings additional capabilities to Bitcoin. Um, certainly not bearish. And then uh, Lightning Network stuff. I keep hearing that the Lightning Network is closer than it seems. What do you know about that?
1: Uh, I'd agree if it's on testnet or mainnet or whatever you know it, it's on it's a network so it needs nodes and there aren't that many nodes right now um, i don't know i'm not really it's coming that's all i know <laughs> really like def- definitively um i'm not too concerned about i even like fees i'm not too concerned about i'll grumble about it when i'm sending coins back and forth but mhm that seems to be to sell all my bitcoin for bitcoin cash is a little silly
0: <laughs> yeah that seems to be one of the things that uh a lot of people if they were to give a fundamentally bearish outlook on Bitcoin, they would say like this is not sustainable even really as a store of value just because it's uh you know the all these network concerns and whatever if something like the Lightning Network were to come quickly within you know within the first quarter or two of twenty eighteen that would and it was well adopted that would be uh a huge bullish impetus I would think if you can suddenly send money really cheaply just with Bitcoin and not with, you know, all these other altcoins or whatever that you have to, that I prefer personally prefer sending money with right now, you know?
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that lightning network's got a year on it minimum till, till we see any real impact. Um, I think it's good that it's ready to go, but I don't think that it's going to be like super active or, um, impactful immediately
0: and then uh, something we've seen over the past week or so but I imagine we're going to see more of it is hash rate um, can you talk a little bit for people that may not be familiar just like what the heck is the influence of hash rate what does it mean because you t- you write about this a good bit but I don't think a lot of people get it
1: yeah so I randomly was like looking for stuff to, to talk about and I was like oh, let's talk about mining today and uh, like putting all the pieces together, basically, there's a bunch of hardware, uh, just like technological innovations that have allowed for advancements in hardware in ASICs, application-specific integrated circuits, which mine Bitcoin, that bring hash rate to the network. Um, all that stuff's coming online by like March this year, uh, 2018. So, we're going to see uh, maybe not all of the hash rate comes to Bitcoin, but a majority of it probably is. Um, we're going to see a huge jump in hash rate, which uh, says to me anyway that there are enough people who are spending millions of dollars and believe that this thing's going to be around for a little while um, to set up all this hardware and geographic space and management of uh, just it's a huge time commitment to put in all this money into a mining operation and then have something just die out completely so uh, i'm super bullish writing and reading uh, about that stuff because uh, that says people are putting their money where their mouth is and uh, not only that but they're keeping the network more secure just based on the uh, decentralized aspect of that yeah uh, so the even more different the,
0: the more new kind entities of, that are coming online to be Bitcoin miners, you're spreading out uh, reliance, I guess, for the network. So you're not just relying on Bitmain or whoever as like a big hash rate provider.
1: All right. I liked how Drak uh, basically set up with Bitmain decides to do his own thing and uh, makes a mining company and starts selling miners like... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty like, not amazing. only am I a core developer, but I'm selling miners because that's how much I believe in this project, um, and that that wasn't like an overnight thing either. Like, because that the technological innovations um, were from how long mining or uh, wherever they're getting their chips from, because that's a new uh, all time high in hash rate per miner, however you want to say it. Uh, yeah. hash rate per per energy usage. Um. And yes, it's real. Uh, there are people saying like, oh, this is just a scam, blah, blah, blah. But uh, no, I've, I've seen it. It's real. I haven't seen the physical miner, but I've seen, seen enough about it. And I've talked to enough people who know enough about it to know that it's not a scam. So, so yeah, people
0: thought that the machine them. itself was a scam potentially.
1: Yeah, they thought the machine was a scam. The stats were a scam, um, you know, which is fine. I'm, I'm a huge proponent of everything in crypto as a scam until it's <laughs> proven otherwise. Uh, so yeah I mean the mining stuff is, is huge and typically from memory anyway uh, hash rate tends to proceed moves mm-hmm. um, so it's coming in March and then July should be the cyclical top again when we'll see the next all time high um, so from January to July we should see um, bottomy bottomy and toppy cycle again which is currently fitting where it should be.
0: Yeah. So basically we're both in agreement that the future is still bright. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. The trend is not broken. Um, buy when it's low. <laughs> and yeah, this is probably a pretty good time to get into Bitcoin if you have friends and family that have been waiting.
1: And there, uh, You know, there are even things, other things in the pipeline like Mimble Wimble and, Short sure signatures and mast and all this other stuff uh, what's mimble wimble are, um i think mimble wimble is going to be an ico i'm not really sure but uh part of that is uh, more secure and private transactions i think it's going to be a side chain as well uh the point is there's all there's people pouring uh engineering stuff into the bitcoin protocol in some way uh, so you know i saw this tweet that uh, bitcoin's dead uh, development's dead And i get people all the time telling me like everyone's so excited at the ethereum conferences there are so many more people who go to these dev meetings compared to bitcoin it's like well i think it's easier to get in on the ground for ethereum or altcoins in general uh, i think you need to know a little bit more about stuff to get in on bitcoin development um so i wouldn't gauge that as like the uh litmus test for success, you know, who shows up at the dev meetings, the conferences, uh in the audience, but well, crap.
0: Oh, no, he didn't delete it. I thought Roger Ver deleted his tweet saying Bitcoin is BCH. According to Roger Ver though, uh Bitcoin Cash is the real Bitcoin now. He just came out and said it. So, yeah,
1: he's been saying that since August. So, <laughs> 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 Nothing new. Um, I am glad that Bitcoin cash dropped with Bitcoin because if it didn't, there
0: it would have uh, been more annoying.
1: Just, yeah. There'd be no, no, to that. Yeah.
0: yeah. I would like to see that conversation die down in general this year. If I'm talking about what I would like to see. Um, yeah, for sure. And a big bull run from, uh, Bitcoin would certainly be helpful. And in addition to lowering fees and whatnot, the other, another thing I'd like to see is uh, more of these exchanges start to adopt some of the existing features and the the new ones to be able to make this stuff easier. One other piece of news that we didn't mention was, I guess uh, Coinbase stopped deposits and withdrawals for a short period of time, and basically the network cleared. <laughs> like They were essentially, because of their engineering practices and the fact that they're such a large part of the market, um, they were a huge influence on the clogging of the network. So um, mm-hmm. they seem to have plenty of engineering work they themselves could do that would improve uh, improve the network. So I would like to see them finally just own up to that. And that probably takes customer pressure as much as anything.
1: I don't think it cleared, but it was clearing. Like it was... Yeah, the, it showed yeah, an unconfirms immediate... Unconfirms were dropping. Yeah, it was an
0: immediate impact.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So their, their uh, footprint is probably bigger than anybody at this point even bitfinex um and as far as the network's concerned just because the way like you said their their practices and interactions with the network directly um do not make it advantageous for them to send small transactions all over the place all right what they're doing so
0: that's what they're doing so last thing do you so the last t- two weeks we haven't done coin of the week. We've done trading advice of the week. Oh man! Uh, <laughs> but we can okay. do either one this week. I'm going to do a coin of the week. Uh, you can do whatever you well, want. I saw
1: I saw ZRX pulled back a lot. Um, I haven't really been watching it too too much, but uh, so you ZRX you ended, ended up back. with a position in ZRX, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm just I'm just holding it because I think it's going to end up on Coinbase this year. Uh, if we're talking about things that are going to end up somewhere. Uh, wow, that looks crazy to see it i haven't looked at it in a while <laughs> um, uh, yeah zero x Binance, is now but... my largest bag <laughs> yeah this is zero x is doing well uh xrp already xrp'd itself so um <laughs> crippled my coin of the week yeah it crippled it tripled then it crippled um i don't know if i have a coin of the week this week sorry what were you saying no i was just
0: saying uh if you have one but yeah oh, okay it- so, ZRX on the Bitcoin chart, depending on where you anchor your fibs, uh, mm-hmm. is kind of resting over the uh, 1.618. I don't know why I chose right here for this fib. Maybe just because that's where it broke down, really. Depends on how you look at it. Looks kind of, if you look at it from like the listing high, then it kind of reached the 1.618 versus Bitcoin. Versus the dollar, ZRX the went insane. Either way, good gains on that one. I haven't sold any yet. I probably should have, but I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I haven't either. Um, So,
1: you don't have a coin of the week? You don't want to call it a ZRX? I, I mean, it already pumped up a bunch. I just, I just don't have anything right now. Um, right. I'm, you know, we're just
0: trying to survive. Survive! Just trying <laughs> to survive. Well, I'm going to share one because... Uh, it's held up pretty well during this dump, and I like where it is relative to pretty much everything.
1: Sorry, sorry, sorry. Bitcoin is my coin of the week. There Bitcoin. <laughs>
0: Bitcoin is your coin of the week. Save it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: okay, go ahead. So mine, I'm going to go with Bancor, or BNT. Um, this fit a similar trajectory of other ICOs where it was a large, heavily bought ICO that got listed and then proceeded to go down for months. Um. And I think it's either just now or like until recently was basically at or below the i c o price relative to bitcoin um, since it bottomed, which was the same place as most coins with like that first week of December, it has been on this really nice, steady upward trend line uh It broke out of the daily cloud, it broke above the fifty the hundred, and the two hundred, and on this Bitcoin dump. It has also dumped, but it's been really strong. And it's uh, above the cloud. It's above the 200 uh, moving average. And I like it. So I'm, uh, I'm putting some of my other altcoin positions into this. It's going to be a larger percentage of my holdings, if you will. So I like Bancor. And yeah, I mean, the their, cloud, their the product cloud is nice. Is good there. Yeah, and their product is nice as well. Um what is it exactly? I can't remember. It's kind of like a uh, shapeshift without all the centralization, so it's okay. A coin swapper.
1: Oh, okay. And
0: cool. from some friends that have used it, I've heard that it's really pretty impressive what they do with from a liquidity standpoint. So you can put pretty large orders in and not have any slippage. Um so for certain types of buys or if you just want access to tokens to quickly swap them it can be it can be good so i like it i'm holding on to it and' let it ride for a little while all right sounds good yeah man uh where can people keep up with you what do you have going on the next couple of weeks
1: all that stuff uh I'm on YouTube eventually so one of these days so I'm going to get around to making a video again. Um, you know,
0: I made a YouTube video. I felt like a little yeah. miniature Carpe knocked them.
1: Well, there you go. I watched it actually. It was pretty good. You should you should uh do yourself a favor everybody and subscribe and like on that. <laughs> <laughs> Um uh no, Twitter, YouTube. Um put out a massive article in Medium about trading. My tips and tricks. People keep asking me, "What books do I read?" Blah blah blah. Um, it's always better to trade with real money than read any book. In my mind, so yeah, you need some like baseline knowledge, but uh, there's no there's no book that's gonna like help you master the market. In my opinion, um it's all muscle memory and trading memory. It uh, yeah, you just gotta lose money a bunch and then uh, make the right decisions after that.
0: Cool. And then uh, for me. I have a thing that I've been working on. And you can go to ledgerstatus.com/slash learn to check that out. It's a uh education series, if you will, for people looking to to dig in and create a baseline. So explain it to me like I'm five type of type of deal. Um, but then we'll also go into more immediate stuff, potentially provide some community. Definitely in an alpha stage trying to create the initial uh, material. Some will always be free. Some will be a paid upsell. So if uh, people are interested in learning more about trading and if a lot of what Josh and I talked about today was over your head, it would help it not be over your head if I had to do the short version. So go check that out and we will catch y'all next time. Thanks, Josh. Thank you, Brent. Monuments Chrome. house
1: the I feel the breeze Wound so tight
0: I can barely breathe.